Sumner program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team. <laughs> Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Another five-minute mystery. Our story takes place in Green's Gap, a small town in the Southern Cavern District. Green's Gap Hospital, Dr. Melville speaking. Doctor, doctor, there's been an accident out at Echo Cavern. Accident? What kind of accident? Two men were exploring and they got lost last night. One's unconscious. You better come quick before he's dead. I hope you know how to get out to Echo Cavern, Lem. Well, with the job of being town constable and ambulance driver, I reckon I know all there is to know about these parts. Ever been in the cavern, Lem? Once, Doc Melville, when I was a boy. Nearly got my hide tanned off by my paw. Echo Cavern's a mite treacherous place. You mean it's easy to get lost in it? Not only that, Doc. It's that cavern gas carbine. Mm, something. You mean carbon dioxide? Yeah, that's it. All of a sudden, you run into some of that stuff, and before you know it, bing, you're out. Still, people seem to be going uh, exploring in there. More fools to be. I wouldn't go into them caverns, at least till I was not without a dog. A dog? What for? Well, if a dog keels over, then you know the gas is collecting. I'm afraid, Mr. Gaddy, your friend is dead. Oh, poor Patsy. It wasn't from the gas, was it, Doc? That's what it looks like to me. Why'd you go into that cavern anyway? Patsy asked me to. He'd never seen a cave before. How far did you go in? Well, it didn't seem very far, but all of a sudden we lost our way. Where was that? Well, how do I know whereabouts it was if we was lost? We tried to trace our way back, but it was no use. Patsy started to get scared. It's kind of funny to see a big guy like that get scared. Yeah, he is rather big, isn't he? 
Yeah, six foot four. The mob used to call us Mutt and Jeff. And then what happened? Well, I was a little scared myself, but we stuck together. You know, walking in the dark with only my flash from the car. All of a sudden, Pat's keeled over. From the gas? Yeah, that's what I figured. His head hit on a rock, and I guess that just about finished him off. I suppose you reckon yourself pretty lucky, mister. Yeah, sure. I figure it's because I'm only five foot three that I got out of there alive. Gas must have been just about a foot over my head. Yeah? And what do you think about that, Doc Melville? I think you better arrest Mr. Gotti for the murder of his friend Patsy. What was the flaw in Gaddy's story? Do you know it? In a moment, we'll hear from Lem and Dr. Melville. And now, let's see whether you're as observant as Lem and the doctor. Hey, copper, let me put my hands down. They're tired. When you're in Green Gap's jail, not before. I don't get it. It was a good story. I still can't figure out how you found out. Lem tells me they used to take dogs in the cavern because the gas is heavier than air. It collects on the floor. If you really meant gas, you would have keeled over first, before your pal Patsy. Well, what do you know? I tell you, nowadays in this murder racket, you need a college education. Another five-minute mystery. This five-minute mystery featured the voices of Rhonda Groves Young, Randy Zimmerman, Sean Cantwell, and yours truly, Tom Sumner. Stay tuned to the Tom Sumner Program for future mini-mysteries. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we continue now with the Tom Sumner program. My guest this hour is um, a psychotherapist and brain health expert who's here to talk about uh, kids that are schooling from home and how parents are responding to that. And in particular, um, a new interest, as reported by uh, a recent NBC News article, in using uh, an ADHD diagnosis and and medication to to help with that. And uh, my guest has some strong feelings about that. We're going to explore that with Dr. Terrilyn Sell, who joins me by phone. Uh, Terrilyn, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, Let's talk about this for a minute, because I am by no means an expert, but I have thought for a long time that even before we got into homeschooling, that a lot of ADHD diagnosis and medication was really for kids being kids. Uh, well, how how blunt can I be on, your, on this show? Um, <laughs> so, I, I, well, you said I have strong feelings. I have some strong feelings on that. And well, well, good. I, I, and, I tend to agree. <laughs> and, and I want and I want to explore those with with a professional because you know it's one thing for me to just to just think that and and um, it, you know we see stories talking about more and more kids being diagnosed as ADHD, which stands for attention deficit hyperactive 
disorder, right? Correct. And and I I think you know that describes every kid I've ever known. Well, it describes a lot of kids, and I think that we just have a lower tolerance for some behavior in places like the classroom. And I think as we are busier and busier in our lives, like we have less and less control over the kids at home too. So, you know, kids thrive on consistency um, and order. You know, uh, so, so from the time that a child is an infant, they kind of fall into their own consistent patterns of, you know, meals and sleep and things like that. And so we we thrive on because we do it as adults too. You know, schedules are important. Um, and so I think as we try to manage households with busy parents, and by no means am I suggesting that you know parents are doing the wrong thing. Parents are doing what they believe is in their child's best interest for the most part. And I think we have a big messaging around ADHD, particularly coming from the schools. And that's my personal and professional opinion because most people are gonna find that in a meeting with a teacher that doesn't have a classroom that's quite under control or has trouble reaching a child, you know? So you'll end up in the principal's office or whatever. But what what I'm curious about is, and, and I understand what you mean about order and control, and certainly there are certain kinds of disciplines, routines and things, you know, bedtime, meal times, you know, those those kinds of things. And, and we can wrestle through most of that, but this notion of um, of order, um, that is something that, that a lot of kids are going to push back on. That's their job. It is their job. They're exploring. <laughs> yeah, They're like testing it's, it's limits. Their job. Right. It's their job to push on the boundaries. It's our job to hold firm on the boundaries that we believe need to be held. Um, and I think, you know, kind of fast forward into the pandemic and homeschooling, like, I myself ended up working from home, and at first there was not much order, and it felt like chaos to me, you know. So now we're trying to work from home and school our kids from home, and we have fatigue. And when you're sitting at a screen trying to learn and being frustrated and fatigued, of course things like lack of concentration, lack of focus, you know, lack of ability to retain information in a very stressful time, that's our body's stress response. And to me, that's not a disorder. Our stress response isn't a disorder. It's a stress response. We are built this way. This is what our brains do. Every single person has a stress response. So when we, when I read this article, and literally I was taken aback by it, I was like, what? is going on that now we have to medicate our kids to homeschool them for ADHD because they're having trouble concentrating. Well, I'm having trouble concentrating. That doesn't mean I need a stimulant now. So, you know, I don't like to address the the first line defense for something doesn't always have to be a medication that literally changes the structure and function of your brain. So when we do that in childhood, like, that just can, is a continuation later on in life and can turn into worse things or there's a high abuse of stimulants in middle school, high school, college, you know, and a lot of that starts in childhood because we've made it okay. 
And so it's, it, we build up these tolerances, which we end up changing medication, adding dosing, things like that. And I think all of this just tells me that there's something not working in this whole homeschool type situation that we have going on today. Um, I remember early in the pandemic, it was stated that our response should not be worse in outcomes than the pandemic itself. And I don't <laughs> think anybody was really, really understanding truly what that meant because there weren't any markers other than like pandemic deaths and infection rates, right? Now everyone's screaming, it's mental health, it's mental health. And I'm like, too late, we're already medicating. Like, well, the, the, thing that's, you know? the thing that's that's troubling to me is I went back, I didn't do a deep dive, but I did a little bit of research on the uh, Spanish flu in 1918. And early on, when we were expecting this was just going to be a few short weeks, um, <laughs> I was looking at that and thinking, boy, it dragged out back then for about three years, and I don't see where we're doing much different now than they did 100 years ago. You know, I, it's funny because I think we like a quick fix, so I think we were all pretty hopeful it was going to only be a few weeks, you know, because we like to keep moving and, and shifting and nobody wanted to be stuck at, at home and things like that. Um, but, we're, you know, we're, we're the same people innately. We are the same people as we were 100 years ago. We have different influences and different stresses, but our body responds similarly. So we haven't changed that much as far as brain function and structure than we were a hundred years ago. But so I mean, I but I mean, even the the, the things that were being done, you know, the stay-at-home orders and the closing of mm -hmm. public meeting places and bars and restaurants and um, the idea of wearing masks and all of those things were going on, and people were as resistant to taking those safeguards then as they have been now. And that's one of the reasons, I think, that it dragged out for three years. It's possible. I mean, do we ever like to be restricted? I mean, there there were cases I... of people, it was the end of World War One, and there were you know, soldiers coming home from overseas. And there there were parties in the streets and what we would call today super spreader events going on constantly. And I, well, like I said, I mean, we have free will. Pe people like to do what they like to do. Um, and there's, there's always going to be a group of people that are operating in some level of defiance, right? And that's typical. That's just human behavior. So... What you're saying is, is our human behavior has remained the same for 100 years, and I don't know that I disagree with that <laughs> entirely, you know. <laughs> we are people, and we have emotions, and I think, you know, what we have to be mindful of is that emotion, the emotional pieces of this, people crave interactions. People crave a sense of community. Whether you call yourself an introvert or not, at the end of the day, Connection is where it's at. And literally stripping people from connection, they'll resist that. You know, if they're feeling terrible, you're going to resist that idea. Um, and I, you can't blame them. Connection is humanity. More with psychotherapist Dr. Terilyn Sell.
Straight ahead. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers, and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. I know this is a really hard time for everyone. We're facing a killer virus, economic pain, and all the frustrations of being cooped up at home. Believe me, I have two teenagers to deal with. But the worst thing we can do is let up now, triggering a second coronavirus wave that causes more death and economic chaos. What you're doing is working. You're saving lives. So let's all hang in there and please stay home and stay safe. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. Tom Sumner, program.com.
Tom Sumner Program.com. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with psychotherapist Dr. Terrilyn Sell. Straight ahead. It seems to me that diagnoses for ADHD have been on a constant rise for at least two or three decades. And I wonder how much discipline is at the core of this. And and let me just set this up for you a little bit. When I was young, and I'm not anymore, <laughs> not not, <laughs> by, either. not for right there with you. not for a long time, but when I was a kid, corporal punishment was still the law of the land, and I got swats at home and at school. I won't tell you how often, but <laughs> I was very familiar with the process. And then it became inappropriate to have SWATs at school, to have SWATs even at home, and parents never really learned how to replace that, in my opinion. Schools certainly didn't, and it just seems that, well, we can't physically discipline kids, so let's drug them. I mean that's that you no, know you I, want to talk I, about being just, you want to talk about being blunt I mean it just sort of seems <laughs> like we didn't figure out the alternative it's one thing to say no this is abusive and it and it is abusive but then what do we do instead for discipline and I'm not sure that parents teachers um you know the the you yeah, know are, I mean I think you have a valid point here and the point not being that it should be corporal punishment. The point being that if you take away something, we need to teach and learn how to do something different. And maybe in that teaching, it, it hasn't been a thorough teaching. Um, you know, how, how do you shape a child's behavior? How do you, you know, um, positively incentivize or, you know, quote-unquote discipline when you need, how do you do that when you can't do other things, right? Right. So instead of, instead of knowing how to do those things, I, you know, there could be a fair amount that just turned to, um, I'll just be blunt, chemical restraint of a child. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of how I'm seeing it, Terrilyn. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I used to try something, I, I had a teenage daughter that was, shall we say, willful, and, um, mm-hmm. And, the and, strong-willed child, as it, they call it. Now. Exactly, and mm-hmm. and um, and what I used to do is, uh, and and it seemed to work pretty well with her because she was very concerned with what other people thought. Was that um, if she kept acting out, I was going to dress like a hippie and take her to the mall. <laughs> oh, jeez! And it, it scared the hell out of her. <laughs> and and it seemed to work, but but the thing is, I didn't have any manual for. What do we do to maintain discipline instead? Yeah, right. What do we do? What do we do instead? And I mean, that's that's that could be a conversation that lasts for days. I mean, incentivizing is huge, um, you know, and extinguishing negative behaviors is a big deal. But when we, as as you were talking, I kept thinking like, what has changed within? 
schools particularly, and this is no fault of the teacher. This is systemic, you know. I think I, I don't think either one lot. of us wants to throw teachers or parents under no, the bus. I absolutely think absolutely well, not. I think no. we just want to and say I, something has started going down the wrong road. How do we how do we go back and and make the right turn? Exactly, and I, I think in a in a school like the stress. I look at it as the stress load of a teacher and a child for performance is greater now than it was when we were in, when we were kids, for sure. The, the amount of metrics that they have to keep in a school district is ridiculous, you know? And so that, that puts on a great deal of stress to a child. So when I think of the differences, the difference is our stress load as people has increased exponentially and so that's been met with psychiatric medications for a lot of things, anxiety, depression, ADHD, instead of fixing the problem, you know, fixing what's wrong. I, and here's a great point. Well, ident- identifying at a, it as a problem seems to be yeah. a little problematic. I think everybody knows it's a problem. I think teachers are screaming that this is a problem, um, but I don't know that there's a solution to the problem. So you can yell, this is a problem all you want, but unless there's a viable solution, you're just kind of stuck, you know? So, I mean, I, I want to share the statistic with you because I yeah, think it's, it's a big one, you know, from this is, these are like older statistics, so you can know that the, it has gone up a little bit. So from kids age 5 to 11 between the years 2007 and 16, um, there was a 26% increase in ADHD diagnosis. So in the same time period among U.S. adults, adults, there was an increase of ADHD diagnosis of 123%. And even more startling, adult women had a 344% increase in prescription filling of ADHD medication. 344% increase for women. Now, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but that seems like kind of a lot. <laughs> I would say <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. And so, again, I think, like, it's so stress causes a lot of things to happen within us, including concentration, focus, <laughs> inability to retain information. When your body is overstressed, it's worried about, you know, being chased by a bear and surviving, it's not worried about retaining information or sitting still. So I think this is, you know, within the pandemic, is a whole other layer of stress that's been put upon us. And so we're living in this chronic fight or flight situation. And that goes down into our children and adults. So, but it, but it's know, an also a lot of people are struggling. But it's also an opportunity to face the bear. It's a huge opportunity to face the bear, and I think a lot of people have been in this evaluation process. What what I've been seeing is um, kids who are overscheduled outside of um, school, meaning in every extracurricular activity. Right, parents running ragged after school, picking them up, doing all these things, abruptly had to stop doing that. And the majority of parents that I see are telling me that their kids don't want to go back to that. And I'm like, maybe they didn't want to do it in the first place, but <laughs> we're, we're, taught to, we're taught to say, like, 
the answer to ADHD is get them in karate, you know, or get them in yeah. something else. And I'm like, maybe the AD, the answer to ADHD is to like pipe down the stress, but instead we've cranked it up by over scheduling them. So I do know that a lot of people are taking some time to evaluate what works for them and what doesn't work for them in their lives. Um, but I think more people need to do that now. And then take some action on it because I know right now a lot of people are gearing up to go back to work and then it's so easy to lockstep back into the life you had before uh, without a blink of an eye. It's just very easy to do that. But I'm asking people to not do that. You know, and if you notice that your kid is struggling and they're still homeschooling, that tells me they need a break. You know, get them outside, go for a walk. Don't expect them to sit still. Get them a sit-stand desk so they can stand up and do their work. You know, they kids need input. They need body physical input. I can't sit at a desk all day <laughs> without fidgeting and not paying attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Think of the things you can't do and apply that to your kid, but we expect our kids to just perform and do schoolwork and get good grades under large amounts of pandemic stress with a hovering parent so worried that their kid is not going to academically be the same. The thing is, they're not going to academically be the same likely. Studies are showing that. You know, they're not learning as much, nor should they be. They're being chased by a bear. You know? and, and but one of the things that 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 I remember as a kid, um, when kids would be what we call hyper now, which you know kids have a lot of energy sometimes, and it it needs to be expelled, you know, in in one way or another, and you know parents think of them as bouncing off the walls. You know, when I was a kid, parents would say. Go outside. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the exploratory play that we are allowed to do, climbing trees and all these things, is now deemed dangerous. And the type of play that we allow our kids to do is very constrained, like it's in a playground. And, you know, and it is... doing this activity, you know, it's it's not freedom of exploration anymore. And unfortunately, those things are in fact dangerous. So our playgrounds. <laughs> well, yeah. Um. <laughs> of course, we don't have metal slides anymore, so <laughs> or jungle gyms that you could fall off of, you know. <laughs> so, oh, it, but exploratory play is a huge deal. Letting your kids get dirty, letting them, you know, dig in the mud, letting them do the natural things that that are done to explore their surroundings is important. I, I, not, I went after not constraining them so much. I went after a bee's nest with a baseball bat once, and I got a yeah, lot well, of exercise. Yeah, well, I'm sure there was an outcome there. Well, yeah. well again, you were uh, negatively incentivized to not do that again. Yeah. That's a I, that's a natural uh, consequence right there. And I, and I think that's part of it too, is like allowing some natural consequence to occur. Obviously, not deadly natural consequence, but natural consequences rule the world. Rule the world, you know. And and that actually kind of brushes up against something, you know, that I, I think you've been trying to point out is that in all of this business of, of disciplining or controlling through drugs and diagnosis and so on, education is suffering. 
kids are not learning I mean, as re- much as they research did. Is, research is showing that they're not learning as much as, quote-unquote, required, right? But let's think about it like this. Do we know what's really required in a pandemic? Do we really know? We don't know. Well, we and, know and the really whole required. idea I, of what's required, it, it seems like um, the natural progression of uh, humans has been to know a little bit more tomorrow than you did yesterday. And we've done that throughout history with inventions of incredible things. We've gone to the moon and, you know, we have rovers on Mars now. But we're not outdoing the generation before us the way generations before us did. I think we have such a narrow view of what schools are really for. Um, schools are for growth and development and connection. They're not just to learn a fact and regurgitate that fact. And I think that's where we're at in this pandemic of schools are only for education. Let's get them online and learning and things like that. And I'm like, so much more learning occurs within a social environment. And it's way beyond a te- what a textbook can tell us. It's interactions. It's, you know, critical thought. It's learning how to be part of a team. Um, so I think... Critical know, thinking pandemic, is crucial. Uh, <laughs> it's crucial. And we can't do that on effectively by learning math on a screen you know we can't effectively do that so what i i would love for people to take away from this is this like don't underestimate the importance of our teachers and our school districts because it's not just to go in there and learn something out of a textbook it is so much bigger than that and i think you know these articles being published about more you know adhd diagnoses depression anxiety because we've pulled back from schools, we've pulled back from social groups, just keep in mind that it's a little bit larger of a problem. So what's the thing? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if it's broke, let's do something about it. Well, yeah, and, and you know, we hear a lot of people talking uh, for the last several months throughout this last year under the pandemic saying, you know, Gosh, it'll be nice to get back to normal. And we even have some people that are recognizing that there may be a new normal, but nobody really knows what that is. Do you have any ideas on what the new normal might look like and maybe what it should look like? I hope the new normal looks like going into things with eyes wide open about what works for you and what doesn't work for you, because I think... For so long, we, we just lockstep into our lives and plow through it. And if we can look at the pandemic as an idea that we were all able to take a step back for a minute. And if we continue to go back to the way it was, then we're going to continue to increase the amount of diagnoses on people, um, prescription medications, or we can look at this as a moment to change and reflect and do something different in our own lives and collectively for the lives of our kids. Like what is important? The new normal should be more like what is important in your life and let's work towards that. Yeah, we. I think we need to, to sort of 
change our approach from trying to teach kids to sit still to trying to teach kids to reach for the stars. Yep, exactly. Exactly, and have some critical thought about stuff. They're telling us, the kids tell us every day what they need. It's up to us to listen to it. And I don't think we're, we're listening with our fear ears on of, you know, how is this going to impact my kid later on in life? And I'm telling you, your kids are going to be okay. We're going to be okay. That's what I want people to know. We are resilient. Kids are resilient. They learn every day if we allow them to about the world, not just what's in a textbook. Everybody's going to be okay. Yeah, history is a lot more than uh, dates and places. <laughs> yeah, we're living in history right now. This is going to be written about, you know. Well, it is. And I, and, I, and I hope they use the quote, you know, our response was worse than the pandemic itself. In my opinion, it is. Um, it's going to have long-lasting effects if we don't open up our eyes and take some action around it. Uh, well, I, I completely agree, and I can't believe how fast the time is going. You're a lot of fun to talk to, Taralyn. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Let, but as I do with all my guests, I, I want to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. Are there some good resources for parents to re-explore not only parenting, um, although certainly parenting, but what... What they should expect out of kids, uh, you know, there's there's no manual. No, there's no manual, but there's tons of books written about things like we were, we were talking about. Um, unfortunately, I didn't know you were going to ask me that question, so I don't have like a list of resources for you. <laughs> but um, do you have but, a website you know, that has links to places? Um, or uh, Anybody can go to my website at drterralyn.com, and I've got a ton of free information there the i guess the biggest thing is this like if you read an article that's written like the article we were talking about um that's i think that was an nbc article just be wary extra again exercise critical thought in what you're seeing because sometimes i think articles like this promote people to go ahead and do the same thing and that's not always true you know every kid is different every kid needs something else and firstly fuel their brain and secondly, give them breaks and understand what they need before you, you head right over and down into the ADHD diagnosis and prescription medication rabbit hole. Are, are you old enough to remember the, uh, the old saying, kids should be seen and not heard? I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, was, uh, I think I was heard quite a lot, though, so I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> But but what you know when we look back at a saying like that, we forget that it was a joke. Yeah. Nobody well, for really. For some people, for most people, I think they looked at that and you know said, "Wouldn't it be nice if?" Yeah. But they didn't. That wasn't the expectation. Now it's like we have this expectation that through diagnosis and drugs. It can be like that. Yeah. Anyway, I could talk about that. Maybe I'll come back and talk about that another day. I, uh, I, I hope appreciate we... your free. I appreciate having the freedom to discuss this openly. So thank you so much. Well, and it's but it's an important conversation, and more people should be having it, and and hopefully we might inspire a few. I hope so. And thank you for 
sharing your time and, and your thoughts with me. I, I really appreciate it, Harold. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. As uh, Dr. Tara Lynn, um, oh, gosh, i got to get my notes, and I lost my place. Dr. Tara Lynn Sell, um, psychotherapist and brain health expert, and uh, and she says our kids are not learning. They're, they're not growing. And it's up to us to figure out how to fix that. Anyway, we gotta we got to move on, and uh, we'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program right after. Charms indoors, indoors, indoors. Take it away. The 
Tom Sumner Program.com. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. 
This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing, or if you're worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. All the Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. We used to steal the wheels off of baby coaches to make go-karts. Now, those of you that don't know what a go-kart is, a go-kart is made from wood that you take old orange crates and stuff like that, and, and uh, it's, a, it's shaped like an eye, like a big eye. We'll stand it up for you. Uh, a board goes across this way, and then one goes down the middle, and then one goes across this way again. Then you have to make an axis so that you can make a left and a right turn, hammer, uh, hammer down rope and everything, so you can make a left and right turn. Then you need wheels. You've got to have baby coach wheels. Got to have them. Nothing else will work. So we used to go out at night stealing baby coach wheels. <laughs> 287 baby coach wheels we stole. The odd wheel was because Old Weird Harold had a Continental on the back. <laughs> and uh, you get in your, get in your old go-kart there and just sit in it and just pretend that you were driving all over the country. And you gotta have your own music to, run, to ride your, your go-kart. That was my music. I took mine from the from the, the Rough Riders. Old Bird Harold took his from the Lone Ranger. And Crying Charlie took his from the Green Horner. We had about three million kids all racing with their own music. And so the cops heard about our stealing because the mothers reported, there are kids out here stealing our baby coach wheels. Every morning we put our children into the baby coaches, push them, <laughs> the coaches don't move. Children look up and say, why me? <laughs> so we had to hide them. And uh, we waited two days for the heat to blow over. And we brought them out Saturday. Saturday morning, go-kart championship of America. And we're out there, all of us, full force, 300 kids out there. And we're warming up our, our go-karts at the top of the hill. We had a race on Dead Man's Hill. It was called Dead Man's Hill because it went straight down for about a quarter of a mile, and then it emptied out onto a freeway. <laughs> Henceforth, the name Dead Man's Hill. And uh, we had everything. We had, we had guys that would make uh, pit stops and everything. If your wheel came off, guys would grab it and put it back on it to uh, have a two-hour pit stop. You know, because it takes a long time to hammer out the nail, straighten it back out, and then put it back in with a rock. You know, you can do it with a nail and a hammer, a real straight one, but you can't do it with a rock. Good. And we had a fireman 
little kid, three years old, used to follow us running down the hill. Had a cup of water in his hand. Whenever you went bad, he hit you in the face with, you know, and put you out, run back up. He was fast. So now we got the go-kart championship of America, and we're all warming up. I'm warming, I'm, I'm warming up my go-kart. Hadn't even gotten out of first gear yet. Old Weird Harold's warming up his Rolls Royce. His sounds like this. And his old crying child. And the kid came out with his father's underwear. He took black shoe polish, made some squares on him, and he waved him. They're off! We're going down the hill. And I'm winning by six inches. Right behind me is old Weird Harold. And he's gaining on me. It's almost like a four-way tie for first place. Old Weird Harold shot past me. Gotta catch up with him. Reached into my pocket, pulled out my trusty can of three-in-one oil. Zoomed ahead. One of the kids went off to the side and actually boosh right in the face. Got him. And I look about 20 feet from the bottom of the hill and I see 900 cop cars waiting. I went to my emergency brake, which is a piece of wood. Push it forward, it'll stop you if you're going about one mile every five weeks. No good. Put my legs down. I gotta stop. The cops are gonna lock us up. No, no. We smashed up 905 six-year-old kids on the ground crying. Oh, oh, the cops are beautiful. Gonna scare us to death. Pull the guns out. We'll shoot them down right here. Kill all of them, boy. Crying Charlie broke. The cops pulled out the cuffs, put the handcuffs on us, and it backfired on them because her wrists were so skinny that as soon as we put our arms down, they fell off. <laughs> hey, Mrs., the, the things fell off of us, but we wasn't trying to run away or nothing. We was just standing right here. Honest, don't shoot us down or nothing, but they fell off of us because our wrists, and so they thigh-cuffed us together, and that's the way we went to jail. ta dum ta dum ta dum ta dum This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Elbow or up my sleeve. 
kids can go back to school I'm washing my hands like a raccoon with OCD I've watched Hulu, Roku, Netflix, PBS, and the BBC I've taken down all my mirrors and I'm sick of what I see of quarantine will be the death of me the death of me I risk a trip to the grocery store to buy a TV and a few things more but when I get there all I can find Sixteen honey buns and some mad dog wine. I'm washing my hands like a raccoon with OCD. I've watched Hulu, Roku, Netflix, PBS, and the BBC. I've taken down all my mirrors, cause I'm sick of what I see. So this quarantine's gonna be the death of me. The death of me. You know, they say this is war. But we don't have to storm Omaha Beach or Pork Chop Hill. And we just lay here on the couch and watch TV. Whew, I'd rather volunteer for a high-risk commando raid to parachute into Wuhan and find that little fellow that ordered that bad soup. I know I'm talking out of my head, saying crazy stuff over and over like, yes, dear, yes, dear. At breakfast, I meant to say, honey, please pass me the pepper. Well, what slipped out was, you crazy woman, you've ruined my life. <laughs> of course, I immediately apologized <laughs> as soon as I regained consciousness. Tom Sumner. Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com Well, it's time to wrap up today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. Thanks to uh, all of my guests, including uh, Tara Lynn. Uh, who did we have? Tara Lynn um, Sell. And... Uh, Nate Schumacher starting out the show this morning. Plus, we talked with uh, Drs. Bullock and Hall about prostate cancer. Great show today. But uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, that's Smoking George. Let me know it's time to head on down the hall to the uh, living room for the weekend. But I'll be back Monday morning. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. 
This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.